Do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. This is David Shoemaker, and I'd like to welcome you to Living Thelema. Now, this month's segment is called The Worship of Nuit. As you likely know, Nuit is the name given in Thelemic cosmology to the star goddess, who represents the totality of all existence, uh, one way of putting it anyway. Um, as Thelemites, we are urged to worship Nuit as one aspect of our devotional practice, an important one. Um, you can hear a lot more about these traditional devotional practices in my Living Thelema episode on the topic of that name, devotional practices. But today we're going to look at one particular method of worshiping Nuit, and it's the act of surrender. Um, as it turns out, this process of surrender in its many forms is a core theme in our worship. And in this episode, we're going to examine why this is the case. Now, I've been around the block a few times in Thelemic circles, and I can predict with a high degree of accuracy that the term surrender is unlikely to be a popular one for many Thelemites, um, as it has a connotation of weakness or perhaps a sense of uh, giving over our will or our autonomy to someone or something. But bear with me, I'm going to use the term in a specific manner, and we'll, we'll explore uh, a little bit more about that. So to start, I want to look at some examples of surrender, um, starting with physical phenomena, um, and build this as kind of a metaphor for where we go uh, afterwards. So consider um, physical pain. Think about the last time you had a, a bodily injury. Uh, maybe you hurt your back, uh, some other part of your body. But you'll recall that wherever you were hurting, there's a, there's a natural tendency to want to clench up around the pain, to want to tighten the muscles, to want to fight it, to kind of force it to go away or force ourselves to, to uh, you know, try to, to build some walls around it in a way. Um, and... I'm sure you find, as as is human tendency, that that actually makes it worse. Clenching around it, tightening up around it, fighting it, make makes pain worse. Um, what we have to do instead is, in a sense, soften around it, to allow it to dissipate, to allow ourselves not to be drawn into uh, a fight with our own bodies. Um, this softening implies an acceptance. We really do surrender to the pain. Um, and once accepted, these pains and discomforts can be transformed into a much less aversive experience. It actually hurts less. It actually consumes less of our attention. It uh, diverts less of our attention from other, you know, more constructive aims. Similarly, um, when we're tense, when we're anxious, um, when a muscle is tense and we are, uh, you know, wanting to try to, to stretch it out, we're not going to be able to stretch any further by holding tension and fighting it and pushing hard. What we have to do is relax and breathe and, you know, just try it. Try bending over and touching your knee, touching your, your toes. Um, once you breathe and relax you'll be able to stretch further. So again, acceptance and surrender to the stretching process is the key to it going further, to actually um, enhancing it. So taking these as, 
as real world examples of this, but but also as metaphors for the psychological process. Let's take it a step further. We know that one global method of worshiping Nuit is accepting the reality right in front of us. I've talked about this in previous podcasts, uh, the importance of uh, not pushing away the realities um, we encounter in our day-to-day lives. So a surrender, therefore, to the actual reality we encounter is another way of understanding that worship. We accept exactly what is in front of us as the aspect of Nuit that we're currently being offered, Uh, adoring it, accepting it and adoring it in spite of personality preferences to the contrary, as may often be the case. Uh, Now, acceptance of reality doesn't mean we cannot or should not attempt to shape our reality to be a better expression of our true will, but we must accept our starting place. I may have laid this metaphor on you before, but uh, it's like a road map. If you don't accept where you are on the map, there's no way you're going to get where you want to go because you simply won't know how to get there. You won't know what road you're actually on. So um, acceptance of present reality does not mean that you don't later exert some will to to take it in a different direction according to your, your true will as best you understand it. But you got to know your starting place. And that starting place always involves an acceptance of the present situation. Another form of surrender from a psychological perspective is letting go of fear and desire, which are absolutely ego-based. The real self, the deepest self, the true self, the neshama, the star, the kabs, yakida kabbalistically, those those aspects of self, that aspect of self, which carries all those names, uh, doesn't feel fear, doesn't feel uh, a clinging, a, a desire-based clinging onto any particular uh, life experience. It's beyond that. The, uh, the ego is the part of us that clinches up, clings to things, runs away from things, fears things, feels like we won't be complete unless we have certain things. Um, that's ego. And when we surrender the, uh, that illusory control that the ego likes to think it has, um, we open ourselves up to a higher consciousness. We open ourselves up to really, truly worship existence as we find it. Um, now, this is related to the concept that I've discussed in terms of crossing the abyss to the formulas of Luke's and Knox and the attainment of master of the temple, uh, grade of AA, and, and that sort of thing. Uh, the willingness to give up one's attainments, to, to, to be willing to say at a certain point that um, all that I am is an illusion and I offer it all into uh, the cup of Babylon or, or the uh, offer it as an aspect of worshiping the weed, if you want to think of it that way. Um, so even even the desire that we feel to hold on to our sense of who we are as a person, what we're good at, what we're what we've accomplished, um, 
even um, post knowledge and conversation, the idea of being an adept with a holy guardian angel that we have made contact with, even that idea we have to be willing to let go of. So how much more doable ought it be that we uh, can on a day-to-day small way um, be willing to let go of how much we want to be perceived as a certain kind of person or how much we want to be seen as somebody who possesses uh, desirable material objects or that sort of thing. Another form of surrender that's extremely important is surrendering to mental uncertainty. Um, The ego is a necessary perceptual organ that we have for interacting with the outer world. It's our mediator between the deeper inner world and the outer world. So it's necessary, and and um, when it's kept in its right relationship with the rest of us and the rest of reality, it functions just fine. But it's not always going to be able to find the answer to any given obstacle or problem. Um, So at some point, when faced with a dilemma, some sort of paradox, a decision that that seems insurmountable, um, you just can't figure it out, maybe it's because you're not supposed to figure it out in the traditional sense. You're needing to surrender to that reality of not knowing the answer. And when you do that, superconscious spiritual intuition can kick in. Um, something that's transrational, something that's beyond egoic functioning can come into play. And when that superconscious spiritual intuition does come into play, we're guided to a kind of an answer, a very real kind of an answer to whatever dilemma we're facing, which never could have been found through the efforts of the rational mind. So sometimes admitting that we don't know and admitting that we can't know with the ego is exactly the step that is necessary to get us the actual answer. Now, you may be asking what all this talk of surrender has to do with the act of worship. Um, That's an understandable question. Um, The simple answer is that ecstasy, religious ecstasy, the ecstasy that comes from the union with Nuit is more available to us when surrender is the firmly established mindset. Because any pushing away of experience cuts us off from the ecstasy of union with that experience. And uniting with any given experience and every given experience is exactly how we're defining the worship of Nuit. That ecstasy of union with Nuit is embodied in the wonder and majesty available to us consciously in every waking moment. Uh, And that is precisely our goal. In earlier episodes of Loving Thelema, I've recommended uh, various methods of seeking ecstatic experience in daily life, so I won't repeat these here. Uh, But I suggest you refer to the two-part episode on sexual magic and mysticism for more about this. Um, But for now, let's look at some practical approaches to the surrender part of the equation. In order to move towards this mindful acceptance of all things that we encounter, um, try this exercise. Take a walk um, regularly through both attractive and unattractive surroundings. You know, whatever you're drawn to, nature, the park, you know, etc. 
walk through there. Uh, whatever you find repulsive, purposely walk through there. And as you do, uh, make a conscious choice to accept everything that you experience, everything you see, the, uh, the lovely flowers as well as the broken down rusty car that you pass, the, um, the person who smiles at you, and also the, uh, the uh, strange person who's walking down the street cursing and, uh, and looking at you strangely. Accept uh, all of these things as perfect manifestations of Nuit and practice doing that. Um, it sounds simple and it is simple, it's just not especially easy. <laughs> um, so challenge yourself to do this uh, on a day-to-day -day basis and I think you'll find the experience uh, fortifying. Similarly, note in your diary every day when you experience strong attraction or strong repulsion from people, events, or inner experiences. Don't reflexively accept pleasant experiences as so-called good things or unpleasant ones as bad. Um, strive to accept each experience on equal footing, uh, just as one more tool in your arsenal of devotional practices aimed at wheat. Um, any of that reflexive um, uh, moving toward or pushing away on a kind of a feeling basis is, is by definition um, limited to egoic functioning. It's, it's something that, uh, well, Jung would have called it the, the feeling function. It's, it's the part of us that wants to say, yes, I like that, or no, I don't like that. But that's entirely ego-based. Um, and uh, if we can interrupt that process just long enough to say, whatever this is, whatever's happening to me right now is... Uh, is a necessary aspect of my experience that I choose to unite with, even if my ego is telling me to run as fast as I can in the opposite direction. When we can do that, we open a door to some deeper experience. Another technique to try is uh, make a list of everything you see as your strengths and everything you see as your weaknesses. Um, and then one by one, review each, each one of them and try to see how each serves your true will as you presently understand it, especially the things you see as your weaknesses. Now, this service to true will may take the form of some asset you've overlooked, some inner asset, or it may simply be that committing yourself to growth in a particular area of weakness eventually opens up that area as, as a new strength. You get stronger. You get better at that thing. Um, that you're not so strong at right now. And this practice allows you to move, to move toward, eventually, uh, full acceptance of all that you are. Just as we want to be fully accepting of outer experience, we must ultimately be fully accepting of inner experience, of the inner landscape of our psyche. Because if we're walling off parts of that, as I've talked about in reference to shadow material and projections and, and all of that, we, we simply deny ourselves um, some of our, our aptitudes and strengths and potential. In your path toward knowledge and conversation of the Holy Guardian Angel, uh, you'll undoubtedly find that all that you are will be utilized and put in the service of the true will. So the sooner you can take ownership of all that you are, all your tools, 
and really, in a sense, worship the totality of yourself as one star in the company of stars, as one aspect of Nuit. The sooner you can do that, the uh, more on track you can be consciously towards that eventual knowledge and conversation. So I hope these have been some useful tools, um, a little bit of theory and practice here um, in terms of the worship of Nuit and its relationship to the concept of surrender. Um, I want to close by reading um, a poem of Sora Merrill's, uh, Phyllis Seckler, uh, wrote this in August of 1980, and it's called The Adoration of Nuit. I adore thee, Nuit, adore the agonies and trials. I adore the deadly deep desperation, the uneven sleepless nights, vials of thy eternal loneliness and manifestation. I adore thee through all that happens. I am a quintessence of soul set on fire, a flaming up of inner aspirations, forming a true eidolon of a soul that aspires. I adore thee, Nuit. I adore thy sweet traces of ineffable love, hidden in unlimited space and hidden in life's sorrowful faces. I adore thee through life's race. O oh, golden and silver of life's mystic dawn, we move as a faint spark of light in vast illumination. Thus sparking and living, know how we spawn phenomena in all its illusion. I adore thee, Nuit, O oh, vast expanding one of illimitable space. I in thy bosom a minute vestige of forgotten and unknown atoms spell yet an end to notions of the finite. O oh, vast blue space, O oh, signature of matter, O oh, unfulfilled and eternal grace, who yearns for dancing point of light, unshattered by its law of gravity in place. Still I adore thee, adore thee, adore thee. Everlasting management of possibilities. Adore thy oneness and interpenetration of me. Adore thy ineffable harmonies. O oh, plentiful agency of limitless beauty. I adore thee far into blue dimpled night. I bend towards thee in evanescent duty as a spark to manifest life, love, liberty, and light. I adore thee as my true soul steals forth. I adore thee in art and inspiration. I adore thee in all loves and silent mirth. I adore thee in quiet transformation. I am a virgin earth unto thy sublime expression, a virgin queen, Malka unrecognized. I adore thy traces through me in secret recognition of illumination at last by thee franchised. O Nuit, goddess of all and none and one again, and whatever may be on heaven and earth and all between, I love thee because I am thy whole-made tree. In thy dispensation I am seeing through thy veils of dance as disguised infinity, as mysterious as eagle that flew into thine empyrean, dissolving his trinity. A soul laid bare aspires yet again in thy bosom, amid all of illusions laid aside and abandoned, until the least of these lead to love's fruition, beyond all experience that may be fathomed. O Nuit, I in thy embrace lie serene and turned into nothing, only a cenotaph marking my existence. Too glorious to bear is Nuit who annihilates thus even my path. This path exists no more because swallowed in essential space. I am the butterfly destroyed by light. Wings that were malleable to circumstance are gone in ecstasy of death's blight. I adore thee, Nuit, 
Thou glorious one unfulfilled through every interstice of space, today and always this life is spilled in ecstasy of thine unwearying embrace. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and found these suggestions useful and interesting. I'd be very interested to hear the results of your uh, uh, efforts at trying out some of these practices I've suggested. And as always, if you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes, any questions, comments, uh, other feedback from me, please write to me at uh, david at Um Please also visit livingthelima.com uh, for more about uh, me and my work, uh, upcoming appearances, lectures, and such, and, of course, uh, more information about the Living Thelema book if you haven't had a chance to see that. Um, Thanks very much for being here and listening as always. Love is the law, love under will.